Well, I like it. I think you should call it Patches. What about Buffy's welcome home dinner tonight? I told your mom we'd help out. Bring stuff. I'm the dip. Uh, you gotta admire the purity of it. <laughs> what? Onion dip. Stirring, not cooking. It's what I bring. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? What's the difference? Well, gathering is brie, mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip, <laughs> less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hootenanny, well, it's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. This is <laughs> welcome to revisiting Sunnydale. I can't get over this song. All right, so this is new. It's different. Well, what we have here is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme song, the 8-bit arcade version, and you can find it on Spotify or on iTunes under 8-bit arcade. So Dan is back to help out, and he's rocking out to the 8-bit arcade. It's like this song always lived in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where has this been all my life? <laughs> I feel like it just should have been the way. My ringtone. <laughs> I want to make so, that happen. Okay, yeah. All right, we'll try to work that out. So, yeah. So, um, if you remember last episode, I told you guys that I had some malfunctions with my laptop, with my external hard drive. Um, thanks a lot, Western Digital. Um, so, uh, yeah, the episode I recorded with Marcella is dead and gone. So, um, Dan is filling in, uh, to, again, thank you. I love to fill in. If, if you guys remember, uh, Dan is my husband. Raising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. So what, unfortunately, what you are missing is the unboxing because I'm not going to re-unbox myself because I've already dispersed it, taken it out of its box, given away what I was going to give away, used what I was going to use. So um, you're going to miss out on the July Nerd Block, July Comic Con box, July Loot Crate, and July Geek Fuel. But we will post photos on the website and um, hopefully they'll make it to the social media as well. What was your favorite thing in the box? I don't remember. I have no idea what was in the box. Wasn't those little zombie guys in the army? They weren't in the box. Those are things that I bought at Target. And they just decided to randomly disperse throughout the house to scare me? Yep. So, today... Winning. Yeah. Today we are getting... This is episode 33 of Revisiting Sunnydale, and it's Buffy Hootenanny. Remember, there will be spoilers. If you haven't already, please check out our Facebook page, the aforementioned Facebook page, Revisiting Sunnydale. We do post a lot of stuff Buffy-related, but also some other pop culture and TV and whatever kind of stuff, whatever mood we're into, really. Um, also, we're on Twitter at Back to Sunnydale, because I guess Revisiting Sunnydale is just too damn long, and I couldn't figure out a way to shorten it. Yeah. And uh, Buffy is streaming for free on Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix, so catch up on that. I know there was a, I, I think I, I put out an accidental false call that Netflix was removing Buffy from what? the repertoire, and I caused a, what? a ruckus. Why? Uh, it was accidental. It was apparently that was the UK that was taking it off of Netflix. Uck. Yes, Uck was taking <sighs> it off of Netflix. So no fear, it's still on the US Netflix. I'm us. sorry for anybody who is in the uck and you um aren't us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so today we are going to get into 
Dead Man's Party, Season 3, Episode 2. Are you familiar with the song? Yes. It's a dead man's party. Who could ask for more? Original air date, October 6th, just a couple days after your birthday in 1998. Yeah. Were you celebrating by watching Buffy that weekend? Most. Or that Tuesday after, recovering from whatever hoot nanny or... Or shindig. It's just had. a little bit of nanny. <laughs> but it was a chock full of hoot. That you had going on for whatever birthday that was. Um, eh, likely. Okay, so cool. Yeah. All right, this one was written by Marty Noxon, directed by James Whitmore Jr. Summary A Nigerian mask reanimates the dead, forcing Buffy to battle a horde of zombies. And I think this is the first time zombies are spoken of or are. Are, are are the big bad for the the week on Buffy? Yeah, introduced. Yeah, um, we've got some important guest stars. Ish, uh, Jason Hall who plays Devin McLeish, and uh, Nancy Lenahan who plays Pat. Asshole. So in this episode, Buffy is back home. She's come back home now from all of her uh, summer adventures of running away and feeling sorry for herself and uh, pouting and such. She's coming back. She's come back home. <laughs> is she done with it? Really? Because I felt like a lot of this well, episode I, I, was about that. It kind and of letting I, it getting it behind us. Yeah, I feel like this. Her. Um, Activities over the summer have spilled over into regular life. Yeah. If there was a thesis, I think I posture for season three, episode two, Dead Man's Party of mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. That uh, is Buffy is needed in Sunnydale. But the, the conflict is presented as Buffy is not needed in Sunnydale. So you're saying that that's what she was feeling when she came back home, is that she's not needed? Uh, well, I think in the beginning it was not really established, and I love the way this episode unraveled this thesis, if you will. Really? Well, it, it, what, it really, what it really did was it, it, it framed this story, or this thesis, in her relationship with her mom. And, the, and it up, opens up with her in her bedroom. And then they establish that she's home because her mom's in the kitchen, the heart of the home. Mm-hmm. And then her mom is there, and her mom's like, you know, that's the so much double entendre and the dialogue throughout this episode. And her mom's like, you know, it was quiet when you were gone. And then she starts talking about her work and primitive art and her gallery exhibit, and she's like, so will you be slaying tonight, honey? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good like the opening of this is good. Um, they make it a point we're kind of seeing that Buffy and Joyce are trying to get used to each other again and there's obviously an elephant in the room they're you know don't know how to act around each other there's two elephants in the room (laughs) she ran away and she's the slayer right and Joyce is trying to work that into her mindset as best she knows how as her mom as her momness her royal momness well you know there's no buffy there's no uh slayer parent support groups no and (laughs) and joyce really rises to the occasion joyce is is very much the hero i think of this episode right so she tries to you know make it as common as possible by just offhandedly asking will you be slaying tonight yeah like she's just (laughs) trying to make it seem as natural as possible and and buffy begins the slay what i would like to call buffying the word i'm trying to Yes, Dan's trying to get this in the lexicon. So let me break it down. It's a one, two, three process. First, she says something funny or quippy. Mm -hmm. And then she does something intimidating. And then she kicks some ass. Okay. Or slays. So this is buffing. So her mom's like, will you be slaying? And Buffy's like, only if they give me lip. 
Because right? she, she says that she's going to see Xander. And yeah, Willow. right. She's like, what's on your agenda in life? And she's yeah. like, I want to connect with Xander and Willow and catch up with my friends. Yeah. And it kind of was like, a, you know, it was built, the dialogue was built to kind of be ambiguous when she says, you know, only if I only if they give me lip mm. as to whether or not she'd be slaying Xander and Willow or just slaying. Okay. So um, while all this is happening, Joyce is hanging this mask on her, right. on her wall, this Nigerian mask that right. we spoke of in the summary. Right. And um, it's uh, it's not something that I would want hanging in my bedroom. Like I wouldn't even, that's something that goes in a kill room. Like yes, sure. <laughs> Definitely a kill room, or maybe your office if your job is to intimidate, intimidate people. people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, right? if, if you're in fact maybe the head of a mafia warlord type situation, or, or... A, a pig slaughterhouse, perhaps. <laughs> like I would be totally impressed if I walked into the CEO of Bacon R Us and saw this mask. I like that. There's Bacon R Us in your world. Um, there's uh, yeah. So it's 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 really like just scary. And and just evil looking all in its own. There's, and um, Buffy or Joyce is like, oh, you know, it brings the room together. And, and Buffy's like, you know, no, she's absolutely right. She's like, this, the mask is angry at the room. It wants the room to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Right. So if I may, it's just so Buffy's like, only if they give me a lip. And then it cuts to she, re, you know, she meets up with Xander and Willow in a way where she doesn't know if Xander's a vampire or not, which yes. was interesting foreshadowing. He hops out of the shadows. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's you. And then she's like, it's all fun and games <laughs> until someone loses an eye. Yes. And that was important. So that was her being intimidating or dominating that particular scene. Okay. Because she almost poked him, you know, she's like, it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. And for those people that are huge Slayer fans, we all know. There's going to be spoilers. Xander loses an eye. Yes. Yes. And you, this is the, yes. You, uh, but this is the, the second time that you've brought up the, the foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Yeah, because it happened before, too. And throughout this particular episode, eyes come up a lot. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on that throughout this whole podcast. It happens. It's just important. Some for some reason, if we're doing a podcast about Buffy, we uh-huh. have to look into the heart and soul of Joss Whedon. Okay. And therefore, so you feel eyes. like I mean, all this time you feel like that Joss had the grand plan that he was going to get rid of one of Xander's eyes at some point. One hundred and ten percent. I'm taking that ten on credit. I'll pay the house back because I'm so right. (laughs) (laughs) That he is taking it. uh, That he's for that. This was his grand plan all along. Right. At some point, he was going to make Xander lose an eye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then we prance along, and she kicks a whole bunch of ass, and all her friends are like laid out on the ground, and it's a beautiful like friend shot. But instead of there being a fountain, there's a bunch of vampire carcasses, <laughs> and then it hits right into the credits, and we all begin to rock out as everyone does. Mm-hmm. But in this particular, in this season, part of the credits, the last part right before they cut into the actual rest of the episode, mm-hmm. it's a shot of Angel's burning eyes, which is always there. Right, you know, like, and it's just, it's subliminal. It's like that last season. Don't forget, she killed Angel right when his soul came back. Right? Okay. Was, I mean, it was just, it was so intense. It was just there. We happened to luckily pause on it and go uh-huh. take a break. But I was just, I came back. I'm like, oh, I gotta say that. Okay. So, um, 
one of the things that I like. So while Buffy's been gone, the gang has been picking up her slack and they've been patrolling. Yes. Basically, if I was Buffy, Buffy's friend, I'm not patrolling while she's gone. It's not my destiny. Not or my with problem. her. Like, I, it's I'll just... check in every morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> to make sure she's okay. As the sun begins to peak, that's when I'm coming. <laughs> Everything go okay last night? You cool? Awesome. Sweet. Want to meet up for a croissants? Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever, bagels. But your choice, Buff. What carbs? What carbs are craving, girl? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's just a lot that they, that, that they, that, and it still bothers me that they never had any proper training. And Giles just let the, lets this happen. Right. Let's them go out <laughs> with her and without her, without even just like, you know what? Okay, so if you guys are going to do this. Right. Just so you know, Scooby Gang, Giles does not give <laughs> one zero ounce of fuck about your safety. No, no, no. Go ahead. None of you are Buffy, the chosen one. Exactly. You are just riffraff. As far as he's concerned, you are an obstruction to his mission of <laughs> occupying all of her attention. Right. All he wanted to do was make sure he found her and got her back. Oh, you guys are going to go um, try to control vampires and kill some- Oh, sure. Go ahead. Go do that. No, it's not. I'm, I will absolutely not train you in some basic hand-to-hand combat whatsoever or the fact that you don't that i'm pretty sure the cross around xander's neck was a plastic glow in the dark right not even silver (laughs) right like not not even necessarily christian i think it was a little pagan i think it was one of those pagan crosses i think it was a a big lowercase it was one of those wicca crosses it was a t it wouldn't have done anything on a vampire it was like yeah you'd have to have a catholic cross uh, yeah so <laughs> so that's what's going on while Buffy's there. You know, she comes back, she reunites with them, blah blah blah. Um, she, uh, the they, the gang, you know, they're all tricked out. They've got their walkie talkies. I would like to know why didn't they keep those walkie talkies as part of the regime for the rest of the entire series? Yeah, or at least until cell phones came about. More importantly, why don't we have walkie talkies? I want to handle. I want because we have cell phones and we live together. But I still want walkie talkies. <laughs> fighting vampires <laughs> well vampires but that's okay i'll let that one slide i've heard it both ways so she does she does reunite with her friends and giles and i just want to make a note for the record mm. so everybody understands when i say friends i also mean oz and most importantly like many He's times many times oh absolutely and i just want to make sure everybody understands how much i love oz yes because there's many points in time when i like the only thing i'm gonna write down is everything oz says <laughs> i'm just giving up on this episode well, because it's getting great, a little dramatic he has such me. great dialogue <laughs> he does and you know kudos like big props to seth green for bringing such i don't know what the word is i'm looking for it's like humanism. the straight quiet man humor humanism yes to this character because he could have been played over the top like this dude is a werewolf the master of subtlety he's a fucking werewolf and a werewolf right but it's like <laughs> you know any other t- like but he's just so damn subtle and just chill and i love him yep everybody does i heart oz aka seth green yeah yep. buffy totally like gives props to her friends for their slaying abilities but there seems to be a little bit of like a, a little snide Shade oh yeah, not her... as good as me. Like you guys did real good for a bunch of club-footed <laughs> ninny muggets. <laughs> and Willow's like, yeah, we were doing like 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 four out of ten, like six out of ten, <laughs> which was of course why I love Willow. Right. Um. You know, Buffy's. You know, they're trying to. You know, Buffy being Buffy is like, all right. You know, what's on my agenda now? School, slaying, kid stuff. You know, brainless fun. And they're talking about trying to have some fun. You mm-hmm. know, and then. 
Giles is like, before you have fun, you need to get straight with school. And they cut to Snyder. Snyder. Right. And I want to say a couple of horrible things about Snyder. Wait, before you get into that, I want to talk about there. There, there is definitely a chill in the room. Like while they're all trying very hard, like while they're all at Giles's, they're all trying to be very natural and try to like, Oh yeah, we're glad you're back, whatever. But it's all very forced. And in the oh. background, the teapot is boiling. Yeah, and Giles goes and cries and has a good cry in the kitchen. He's so and happy like, she's back. and he serves tea and cookies while the continuing credits roll. <laughs> Green, which I thought was like, like has, has had Giles ever before or since served those kids tea and cookies? Never. That was a complete just like AA mini Winnie the Pooh moment, or it was just Giles does piglet. But it was, um, it was night. Nice. You bring up the teapot boiling over because it was it's kind of a touch as to what was to come like his emotions are boiling over but not the even water just his, like I, every like what's to come like eventually like with everybody's emotions like when when we get to the party with that oh breakdown. yeah right everybody's so, emotions are boiling yeah. oh, i thought we were going to talk about um a little teapot short and stout so as this you were saying <laughs> this is my stout all right so sorry uh before i cut you off what were you saying principal snyder yes was like just depicted in probably the most unflattering of all of the unflattering depictions of Principal Snyder. He was prurient. He's like, I'm getting physical pleasure from telling you you can't come in school. So inappropriate. Red flag. So right. inappropriate. And then he's like talked about having wanting to tingles? T- tinkle. He wanted no. to go take a tinkle. No, he had, he was getting tingles. Oh, I thought he had from, a tinkle. No, because of the fact that he's he was five. No, because he was <laughs> getting such enjoyment out of telling her no. Gotcha. He was getting a tingle. And he's like, you know, you could get a job at Hot Dog on a Stick. I could just see you in the uniform. Disgusting, gross. And he said she looked cute in one of those little paper hats. Yeah, just the whole thing was... Grimy. I think Joss Whedon getting back at a principal he must have had in the past. Well, speaking of that, there was a deleted scene Hmm. where Joyce describes Snyder. Hmm. And this is what the dialogue was. Dun, dun, dun. Have you ever noticed his teeth? They're like tiny rodent teeth. Horrible, gnashing little teeth. You just want to pull them out with pliers. It was probably a hilarious joke when he was in the fifth grade with his buddies. <laughs> probably. Well, I love... Anyway, in any event, his artistry comes back into play because Buffy's whole response to this is like, you know, Mom, after her mom's like thinking of all the scenarios, you know, we take this to the United States Supreme Court. We could go to a different school. We could do this, this, this. And Buffy's mm-hmm. like, homeschooling's not just for scary religious people anymore. <laughs> I don't know if Buffy would have really survived at homeschooling. But Joyce? No. No. Absolutely not. No, neither would have Joyce. No, Joyce would have smothered her. Um, so when she when they have their exchange, you know, Snyder's basically telling her, Nope, there's no way in hell I'm letting you back in the school. Joyce is like, Well, I'm gonna take this all the way up to the mayor if I have to. One, that's a that's a nice little inkling that that's our first introduction uh for this season. Yeah, the foreshadowing. That, that the mayor is because Snyder is like yeah, that'd be. I'd like to see that or something like that. Right. Which, hmm. Okay, so let's put that in there. Why would he say that? Two. Would the mayor really be the one to go to about this? <laughs> not, even, not in our town. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it works in other cities, but I think most most places the municipal government and the school districts are two different bodies. Okay. And the mayor would have no real say over what happens in the schools, other than to be like a cheerleader of the schools. Right. You know, direct 
message. You know, everybody could stay on message about the schools. Everybody could try to direct fundraising to the schools, use your leadership to support the schools. But the schools have their own taxes in most places and have their own body. So, no. I didn't think so. So, um, So, while they were back at Giles's, Buffy and Willow made plans to hang out. Buffy goes to meet her at some coffee shop or something. She gets stood up. Willow stands her up. Leaves her there. But also a note, this is the first episode that Downtown Sunnydale was shown. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah, so Willow uh, stood up Buffy. Buffy goes back home. Joyce is... This is where she runs into Joyce's friend. Yes. Joyce has made a friend in Buffy's absence. Named Pat. Named Pat. From Book Club. Yes. So apparently, Mm. Buffy and Pat have a little exchange because Pat's leaving as Buffy's coming home. And and Pat's like, oh my God, you. She's all guilt trippy and blaming. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, really? Like, first of all, first of all. Established that she's an asshole. She's establishing that Joyce is talking about her business all over the place, talking about her daughter ran away, about whatever. So that too. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Pat Mm. tells Buffy her business, like everything that went on. And it's like, wow. Okay, Mm. mom, you've known this woman for like two seconds. And already you're spilling the beans about everything in my life. Right. Second, Pat seemed like quite the a leech or vulture or just she. It seems like Pat didn't have any friends to begin with, and she was just kind of waiting around for somebody in a sad so, state as Joyce to come to, to suck up and suck her life from. Yes, I think leech is good. Succubus would be maybe, emotional vampire, maybe misogynist, emotional vampire, an emotional vampire for sure. And so one of the things she mentions is that, you know, and while she's ta- telling Buffy how they met, she's like, you know, she met in book club. And, you know, your mom was I, I've been kind of I've taken it upon myself to pick up the pieces after you left, after you ran away or whatever. And then she also mentions that the book that they were reading was Deep End of the Ocean. So basically mm. she's insinuating that her mom was in such a, a fragile state. She went already. off on the in the deep end. Well, the book is about... um a family that's torn apart when the youngest son is kidnapped and raised by a mentally ill woman. Totally the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> that's so worse. Yeah. That makes so it horrible. Basically, Dan hates Pat. I do. She's like, oh my god, you must be Buffy. From that moment on, I hated her. But then she established <laughs> herself to be hate-worthy <clears throat> by all the guilt. I just didn't like her off on GP. I guess uh, everybody has their prejudices, mine is against these kind of people yeah she seems like a type she's a certain type yeah she's like i'm gonna assert myself in your life exploit all of your weaknesses to make myself feel better about myself yeah. and be real condescending about yeah, it. yeah that's exactly who she was yeah i wonder if that's what the call sheet said if that's what it looked like when i were this is the person we're looking for right the casting call <laughs> right person who like you know through like book club or church or some other kind of weird social connection who asks you all about your problems like they're really interested in helping you but no they just they're just trying to establish how they can feel superior to you right exactly so yes that's pat yeah so uh and so for whatever reason you know buffy's mom like hey let's do a dinner party with your friends and giles i've already invited them right and mom there's this beautiful little bonding moment where Buffy finds a dead cat. They have to establish the it, right? right? Yes. Buffy's like, I pick the next bonding moment. Yes, Joyce, uh, because they're having the dinner the next day, I guess, but Joyce tells Buffy to go find the good company plates. And Buffy's like, I don't think that's necessary. Joyce is like, just please do me the solid. So she goes right. down the basement to get these plates. The porcelain plates, if yes. you will. Um, also, while she's going to look for these plates... 
there is a framed photo of Buffy and her friends on the shelf where the plates are. Huh. Why? Was Joyce unpacking her room? Was Joyce putting her shit down the basement? Yeah, because Pat was like, you know, start I'm with, the, start with that picture frame of her friends and we'll work our way back on the decor around here. <laughs> so instead of finding the good company plates, Buffy finds a dead cat. Well, yeah, she reached, which is which is also incredibly strange. There, no cat would go into an inhabited house to die. Right, they go into empty houses to die. Okay. That is a true statement. Under, like under cats, porches, cats that don't have someone who cares for them, generally speaking, want to be alone when they're sick or going to die, and so they go <laughs> off into. A, which is why, and I hate to say this, I'm like Lawrenceville is where heroin addicts went to die. It's the same kind of stray cat. Um, phenomenon but in the early and mid 90s in pittsburgh but in other places that's what as a code enforcement officer trust you me my team and i have come across many a strange dead cat situation should in I empty houses up, and buildings should i queue up the sarah mclaughlin i will <laughs> i'm queuing it up right now for my heart honey. remember you do, 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 do. I will remember you. So they have the so Buffy enjoys. Well, it's important. Cat. The reason I brought this up okay. was not just to sing Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> to your fans, but uh, it was a way to kind of subliminally and not hit you over the head with it. Give some good parenting advice and kind of bring some reconciliation to the fact that Buffy had run away and she's back home now between her mom and her to lick her wounds. I they I just feel like he reconciled or licked the mother wound, if you will, mm. or the abandonment wound. But she got to say, "Do you want to say anything about this dead cat we're burying?" And Buffy's right. like, "You know, don't catch fleas, get off my porch, whatever." <laughs> and her mom's like, Thanks "How for about stopping by and dying?" Her mom does that like sentimental thing that may or may not have been hit by a teenager's brain. But mm. she's like, "How about this? How about?" She's been basically she's been working. On oh this yeah, yeah, I mean, right, exactly. To every right, that's what I'm saying. Just gonna offhandedly say this as though it's no big deal, but I've been polishing this fucking sentence since you left the house. And she says, and prepare to cry if you're listening at home. If you're in the office, now's a good time to close your door because Joyce Summers rocks, and she says goodbye, stray cat. Sorry you lost your way. Let's hope you find it. And she looks dead at Buffy. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> you catch anything off that buff? <laughs> Feeling emotional. We're both calling our parents after this episode. <clears throat> so, Buffy, I'm sure, has been like going through all of sorts of emotions since she left, and so she left originally because she had to kill Angel, and her mom found out who she was, and her mom. You know, she told her to leave. Yeah, she was like, if you walk out that door, don't come back. Right. And Buffy took it literally. Right. I mean, because, you know. As a a kind of tantrum. Yeah. It's an immature response. But of course, when you're a teenager, what other responses do you freaking have to choose from but immature responses? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, what got Buffy to the point of coming back home was that whole hullabaloo with Anne and the. Demon and the lost making, kids. Yeah, and the lost yeah. kids and stuff. So I guess at some point she was just like, all right, I guess if I'm going to be fighting fucking demons and shit anyway, I might as well do it back home. 
But we never really. Well, I like to think that she missed Willow and Xander, right? And Cordelia but we never and her mom really Giles. get into that though. Like it's never really like I don't. No, never. Buffy not said, ever. Not I for the rest of this bitches. series. <laughs> no, not ever. No, I'm with you. Like, and I'm thinking about the musical where she's like, "You motherfuckers! I was in heaven. <laughs> who needed? Who I didn't, I didn't miss you. <laughs> I was fine. I was great. <laughs> right? <laughs> True. Now, give me something to sing about. Buffy. Amy. <laughs> <laughs> right never ever the entire end of the season did no. Buffy ever once be like I really missed you guys no like in a sincere way that wasn't manipulative anyway right that's a whole nother I don't know why Angel fell for her I always thought he was too good for her but I just feel like the fact I mean it's just, it's, it just it still creeps me out it brings me back to the whole thing is that you know he was 800 right and she was 16 right right like 15 basically like, when they when they got together so it's like come on man I don't that's like having sex with the thought of conception <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up. So, you know, to lighten it up from this uh, straight cat, let's hope it finds its way. Mm. Um, we cut right to some freaky deaky Whedon verse type shit with the mask on the wall glowing. Mm. And then the cat comes out of the that, dirt. The cat and all I'm thinking about is that asshole Pat <laughs> who brought the mask. She's the one that gave. Is she? Yes. No. Yes. Joyce got it from her no. gallery. <laughs> no. Pat and the book club and Pat was leeching on her like, oh, you own a gallery? I have this primitive. She was the primitive art dealer. No, she wasn't. She was. I, well, let's Agreed agree to disagree. disagree. <laughs> Folks, marriage. It's awesome. <laughs> Shit like that happens all the time when you're in sync. Nonetheless, this dead cat comes out of the dirt. Buffy is in La La Land having one of those prophetic dreams of hers uh, about Angel. But she's looking for people. No GD sense. And she's totally lucidly dreaming because she's like, I'm in a dream. She was like in a Queensryche song. She was lucidly <laughs> dreaming. She was in it. And then the alarm clock goes off and her mom's like worried again about school choices. And while she's going off about how she's worried about school choices, she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way. You're fucking grounded, Buffy. <laughs> There's consequences to your actions. <laughs> <clears throat> and then immediately after she grounds her daughter. Let's have a party. Jo Josh Whedon decides to explore white privilege. And, yeah. <laughs> and Joyce starts to establish there really should be a slayer privilege. <laughs> you know, because you're the chosen one. It's not like you chose to be the one. You know, like they should cut you a break. And then she even says, <laughs> you know, there should be a slayer privilege. Is that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> She said that in the 90s. Weedenverse, way ahead of its time. And then they like cut to Giles, and he's like, looky here, there's a dead zombie cat. Let's, yes. let's find its origin. And the kids are like, you need a hobby. The cat comes back into the house, and so they immediately call Giles, like, yo. Something's up. This is we buried this bitch yesterday. I swear to God, it was dead. Right. So uh, Giles snatches him up, and takes him back, and um, he also establishes that uh, Buffy's no was Buffy's like. All right, we got to get because uh, apparently Giles and Joyce were talking a little bit too much for Buffy's liking. She's like, well, we don't have time for this, Giles. We got to go work. And uh, he's brown like, chicken, brown cow. He's like, well, well, you're not allowed on school grounds right now. So um, get out should, of my business. You should. <laughs> Stay out of why grown you folks' go, business. Why don't you get yourself a popsicle? Stay out of grown folks' business, basically, is what I'm trying to say. It's hard enough for me to try to put the moves on your mom with this rotting cat 
Your friends are always telling me to get a life, so I'm trying to make some moves. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we work together. I work for you, <laughs> but not your moms. Right. So um, he takes the cat back to the library. The kids are all like, ew, gross. No, no, no. This is where I really got into Oz's dialogue. <laughs> First, before you do that, I would like to point I'm out. i going to have a moment. Okay. That I also, Oz is a werewolf. He has been able to smell willow from miles away why is he all up in that cat <laughs> like that he's the like dead zombie yes cat? you would think he'd be gagging at this point <laughs> no honey that's not how that's not how canine nostrils work okay okay exhibit a our dogs mm-hmm. eat their own shit <laughs> because it's exciting okay because they have more olfactory nerves than we do all right exhibit two would okay. be about butt sniffing okay gotcha okay, but you all got right. it and then there's stranger all right, go ahead and wha- go on and continue to wax poetic all about right. Oz. So Oz, like all the all the kids are like dead zombie cat, you know. Oz is like, I like it. <laughs> I name him Patches. The Patches. <laughs> I think we should name him Patches. <laughs> right? Oz fucking loves this cat, <laughs> and I love that. He's like, <laughs> right? And these are all of his lines in in this scene. <laughs> I'm just gonna read him straight because it's the best. Because who cares what everybody else said? Oz, <laughs> I like it. We should name it Patches. Next line, Oz, chock full of hoot and a little bit of nanny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next line from Oz, I think I could splash some dingo. <laughs> the last thing Oz does in that scene, he votes for a fun party. <laughs> Cut scene. <laughs> Everybody else was just ketchup on the burger. Yes. And then so, we cut to the dinner party at that point. So we, yeah. So basically the, these kids have decided that they are taking this quiet dinner party of just them, the core group and Buffy's mom, to a full out fucking party. I mean, they're you know, trying to decide if it's going to be a gathering, a shindig or a hootenanny. And they're going to, uh, because dingoes are rehearsing, they're going to come play. All of these plans. That's the name made. of his band. Yes. Okay, I was so confused by what he meant by I could <laughs> dingoes splash ate my baby. Some dingoes, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> so basically, all of these plans are made I don't even without. Know if I should say phrasing <laughs> without in, without consulting near a summer's woman. No, no, none of them. It, and when the when the first doorbell rings, it, and it starts off innocent enough, the asshole woman from book club <laughs> whom i believe mask. brought the mask right she shows up first and she's like yeah i you know i canceled my facial to come here let's party <laughs> and buffy's like mom i love i love that <laughs> was she, <laughs> that's, that's, that was the worst monster she'd seen yeah that and was, would see the whole night that was the perfect response to- pat pre-possession <laughs> <laughs> before the demon got her was like, she was worse i've had enough <laughs> right had i enough. mean seriously this character is the only character I've ever seen who was worse before the demon <laughs> possession. <laughs> you know? So, um, and then the next guest is the band. Yes, exactly. And Buffy's like, where do we band? set up? And she's like, right. uh, excuse right, right, right. me? Right. And so then there are a whole bunch of people roll up in this place who don't even know who Buffy is. And this is now a scene in a Judd Apatow movie. It's a full-on hootenanny. It is a full-on hootenanny. And um, so... <clears throat> Buffy's trying to she's kind of she's trying to go around and make convo or, or connect with her core friends with Willow and Xander basically Willow is playing her she's talking like acting like she can't hear her over the band and like really right, not right, wanting right. to talk to her I was like, I'm just really into my <laughs> boyfriend in the band right now 
And then, speaking of being into boyfriends, she goes to talk to Xander and Cordy. They're full on like making out right console fr- like, hockey at its best, like right there, not even on a couch. They're standing Forever. up, standing up, <laughs> just right? full chewing on. gum, eating nachos, <laughs> fucking making out, all the same, and having a conversation with Buffy. It's the most uncomfortable. No class. Thing. No class. I just, I just, yeah, I don't. Like, I expect that from Xander, but Cordy. Right. Cordy, you're better than this. And then meanwhile, like, you know, Pat, the asshole from Book Club, is soliciting negative comments from from Joyce up in Buffy. But yeah, didn't she really break your heart? I mean, come on, Joyce. Yeah, after Joyce you is like... A, really? You really don't see it from Pat? Like, No, are- no. Pat's got one place to go, and that's fucking hell. Pat can go to fucking hell. I hate Pat. I really do. She's over there. Joyce is like, oh, it's so good to have Buffy back. I was so worried, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, but she really hurt you, right? Like, she well, tell us was, about that pain. Well, yes, and that's where we come in with, like, the typical trope where the, the one character is saying something completely good and everything about another character. That character only pops in on the one part of the sentence that can be conceived as negative right, about right, right. their existence. And, of course, that's when Buffy walks in to test the thesis. right. Buffy is needed in Sunnydale. Buffy is not needed in Sunnydale. Right. And so this is the whole part of the episode where they really just decide to dive right into the fulcrum of the thesis. And <clears throat> Buffy overhears a bunch of people saying how life would have been easier without her. Just you know. her mom, actually. Uh, I mean, uh, she tries to talk to Willow. Willow's giving her the cold shoulder. And then she's like, yo, she finally gets her. And she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, I feel like you're avoiding me. And she's like, no, I mean, no, we're, we're right fine. Here. Yeah, that so was right. kind of one of the aggressions, right? Against right. the Buffy. So, and then I think it culminated when Giles finally figures out the origin of the dead cat. And he calls the house. He calls for Buffy. And the and person who answers the phone doesn't even know the name Buffy. So, also I'd like to point out that Pat is... Plying Joyce in the kitchen, plying Joyce with snops in the kitchen. With snops in the kitchen. Yes, that's that's important. Um, but also about this dude with no home fucking training. Right. <laughs> Giles calls the house to tell some important information. This rando mofo answers the phone at a house he ain't never been to before. He don't understand that Giles is asking for Buffy and not Buddy. He doesn't know who Buffy is. I really have a problem with this dude. I had, you, As much problem you have as Pat, I have with this dude. I understand. So Buffy, at this point, is in her room. Buffy has a phone in her room. Joyce is in the kitchen. There is a phone in the kitchen. There is no reason for this dude to be answering anybody's phone. I in don't the first place, right? I don't understand. Okay, so this is the second part of the episode where Joss Whedon explores white privilege. Because this is never f- some shit I've ever seen at any party other than a white person's party. Okay, <laughs> okay, I am a white person for those listening at home. <laughs> I'm saying I've been at all kind of parties around the world. Ain't no motherfucker picking up a, ha- a phone in a POC's house. <laughs> okay? But they certainly, you know, because they don't know what kind of papers right. they might catch. Exactly. But they're in, they're in fucking Buffy Summers' house. So <laughs> Joyce is in the room with her book club friend. I'm going to be a dick now in my Hawaiian shirt that I stole from my dad and answer somebody else's phone and then be like, oh, and, be a shot, and then have like multiple conversations while talking on the phone. That was my problem. <laughs> and be rude. <laughs> that was my, and right. call him Mr. Belvedere. Call right. Giles outside. Right, right, right. Exactly. Oh. Don't. 
Don't you dare. Why didn't he get violently torn apart by zombies? He was the first one to go. Oh, see, the I zombie missed that. Wa- zombie crashed into the window. And that's why we do this podcast, people. Exactly. Zombie, the details. Zombie crawled into the window and snapped his neck immediately. They beat awesome. to him. Excellent. And, was, and he got every bit, like, that's... Right. He had to pay for his sins. Right, that right, right. Was... He's like, nah, man, nah, brah. There's nobody here. <laughs> nah, Zombie kill. Brah. 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 Nah. Brah. Nah. So um, while Buffy, while dude is doing all this bullshit, Buffy went up, rolls upstairs and she decides- To give up. Yes. She decides she's not needed. So she's going to peace out again. And Willow rolls up on her and sees her packing her bags and calls her out. Right. And- sells her out like it's oh it was kind of awesome when joyce rolls in like what the fuck are you doing and Will's like Run she away. away again <laughs> but this was before like what was great about willow's whole confrontation is like she's like this isn't easy buffy and buffy's like i know because i left and then willow's like no check your shit i'm a goddamn teenager <laughs> i mean my life isn't easy <laughs> with <laughs> Number one, I'm seriously dating. Number two, with a werewolf. <laughs> Number three, I'm studying witchcraft. Number four, you ran away. Prioritize, friend. Prioritize. <laughs> All the while, Giles is on the move toward danger and toward saving Buffy. Which, um, after he's figured out everything, I love the fact. I love that he's making fun of Joyce in the car on the ride over. Right, he's right, like, right, right, right. He's Look mocking at my her. mask. Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. <laughs> right, right, right. Giles is starting to get into his little catch twenty two mode or no 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 no. What was it? Uh what's the book? Same author. Clockwork Orange. Oh Giles oh. is going into clockwork yeah. clockwork orange mode. He's going a little mad. <laughs> yeah. This is the first sign at, at Giles is about done with these people's shit. Like this is like the first sign is like, all right, y'all are fucking up. It may not be the same author, but I read those books at the same time. And so Giles is on his way to save him. He gets at this point we start to see that this mask, which apparently doesn't need any sort of ritual to be activated, it just senses needs the a dead. Host. It just needs yeah. to be hanging on a wall. Enough dead raised. Yeah, it needs to be. Okay, so let's just admit that we don't know what the fuck this mask does, except it raises the dead. It makes Pat seem like a better being in the universe, but Giles is terrified of it. <laughs> right, because if something that is dead puts the mask on, it becomes whatever the demon incarnate. Right, 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 right. Whatever the actual demon was. Right. So, but I just don't. My whole thing was like, why does it? Why is it activating? Like, where was it before? Like, where was it before? Was it packed away somewhere and it was safe, or was it hanging somewhere else and it was raising dead and nobody knew what the fuck? I don't know. Apparently, I just. It was to, to establish. I'll tell you why the mask, honey. Just it's not for ride. any. No, I'll tell you why. Okay. You're gonna hate the answer. Okay. Eyeballs. It comes back to the eyes <laughs> because I wish I had something to throw at you. The mask, right, goes on the asshole. <laughs> goes on the asshole from book club named Pat. She becomes a demon incarnate, somehow more palatable to me. And you know, it's now it's demon incarnate versus Buffy in the climax, right? And they jump out the window, roll down the roof, and Giles is like, "You have to go for the eyes to defeat him." And then you know, in order to get out of this episode we do a little thing i like to call buffying Mm -hmm. where she says one nice moves there's a nice moves moment i'm sorry i'm getting ahead of myself yeah you are sorry sorry (laughs) i'll get back to that that's the end (laughs) 
buffing. She goes, hey, Pat. <clears throat> the demon looks. It's the first time she calls the demon by name, and there's mm-hmm. a whole thing about calling demons by name. Anyway, Pat looks. She then says, because that's the funny quip, she's like, made you look intimidating or dominating, and then she pokes the eyes out and slays the demon. Yes. Yes. Okay, so the name of the demon was Ovu Mobani. Which, of course, means eyeballs. Mm. Whose name meant evil eye. Ooh, that was close. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Okay, you'll have... I'll give you that. Um, The... It was imported from Africa for an art exhibit. Pat does not work at the gallery. I hate Pat anyway. Nor is she Nigerian. Well, she was made better by that mask. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's nothing here that I see in the Buffy wiki about like why. How the mask worked. Yeah. I think it's just pretty much you put it on a wall, you have a band in a party. And you should know better, because this is a freaking horror genre. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking too hard. I'm thinking too... No, no. You're, too I mean, you're right, because the real story wasn't about the monsters right. that are typical of the Whedonverse. It's the monsters within ourselves. Exactly. And our neighbors and our book club friends. <laughs> mostly the book club friends. <laughs> it's mostly the biggest, biggest evil monster in this but whole thing am- was Pat. <laughs> before she got turned into a demon. But we almost forgot, before we even... Before the zombies came, there was in, in where um, Joyce really decides to give it to Buffy. Scene one, Apple, take one. Don't you leave this house, young lady. You know what? That's it. You and I are going to have a talk. Mom, please. You know what? I don't care. I don't care what your friends think of me or you for that matter because you put me through the ringer, Buffy. I mean it. And I've had schnapps. Do you have any idea what it's been like? Mom, this isn't the You can't imagine months of not knowing. Not knowing whether you're lying dead in a ditch somewhere or, I don't know, living it up. But you told me. Yeah. You're the one who said I should go. You said if I leave this house, don't come back. You found out who I really was and you couldn't deal. Don't you remember? Buffy, you didn't give me time. You just dumped this thing on me and you expected me to get it. Well, guess what? Mom's not perfect, okay? I handled it badly. But that doesn't give you the right to punish me by running punish away. you. I didn't do this to punish you. Well, you did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the she... Joyce versus Buffy moment. The yes. record scratch at the party, yes. if you will. So, you know, when Buff- Buffy catches, uh, or Joyce catches Buffy trying to run away again, Buffy's like, I don't stop me. And then for stupidly, Tries decides to go downstairs where all these people are down. Well, her friends these, yeah. are and strangers, right? No, right. you don't. No, no, no. Don't take a fight with your parent in public into your peer group. Yeah, no. <laughs> you should have kept right, that shit. Right. Like if you were just trying to run away, just go lock yourself I mean, in the that's bathroom. Easy to say now at our age. I still want to. Oh, I would have never done no shit. First of all, I'm not arguing with my mother ever, ever. Right. No. But secondly, right. had Again. I ever had the balls, the Weedverse explores white like privilege. <laughs> It would have never happened in front of a friend, in front of friends. That is another experience I've had. Arguing in front of your with your mother with your friends? mom and how? Yes, mm-hmm. arguing with your mom in front of friends is definitely in high school. In high school is a white people problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because what happens is mom tries to tell right. you. And, and These, the most privileged color. and most taken care of and most your college fund is paid for. Yeah. And there's money for you after I die. Motherfuckers <laughs> lipping right. off to their 
parents. That pisses me off more than Pat. Don't make me find any of you out in public because you'll never catch me, but you'll be paying. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a person of color's household, you, your parents are telling you how the shit is. Mom is telling you, listen, I don't know who you thought you were or who you, who you think you are or who you think I'm not, but that's not going to happen. The minute... The minute your voice raises a slight octave or you come to, you get a look in your face, bam, that's it, done, dead. That's right. it, over. So right. there's never really, it never gets to a point of nope. verbal battle. Never heard it. <laughs> never heard it. <laughs> so. Except for my white friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I told my mom that she could go to hell. And Whoa. I felt so right. <laughs> Let's have another <laughs> cosmopolitan on her credit you card. You did what? <laughs> right. And then you're immediately looking around behind you like, oh, sh- is she going right. to come out here after? You are so exactly what is- <laughs> what's wrong with the world, people. So anyway, <laughs> Buffy takes this fight down this, into the middle of the party. Record scratch. This is kind of like... Shit gets crazy. The way I heard this conversation, though, was also kind of a substitute conversation about the, coming out. Right. I saw the same. I heard the same thing. Right. Because Buffy's like, you found out who I was and you told me to go. Right. And her mom says, you didn't give me enough time to react. I'm, I behaved badly, of course, you know, you, exactly. but you didn't give me a chance. Right. I'm, I'm human. And I'm, mom is human. I think that whole dialogue scene right there was the whole reason this episode was written. Yeah. Like Joss Whedon needed to get that out there into the world. And I'm glad he did. And it's probably why he has such a loyal freaking fan base. Right. Like foaming at the mouth Mm -hmm. loyal because he provides these very honest conversations and presents both sides of it not making anybody wrong or anybody right Right. at the end of the day he really does respect that parent-child relationship exactly you're exactly right that's the same thing I saw too is that you know this is this could all of the whole thing that happened between Buffy and Joyce could have easily been substituted with a child coming out and their parents not reacting properly right towards it and um yeah so that's you're right that's another great another reason why joss has such a loyal fan base and there's a whedon verse and whedon knights but uh yeah so they're going at it and then for whatever reason <clears throat> xander and willow decide to hop in and uh I guess Xander is. Oh yeah, they decide to weigh in. You mean not yes. just pop in? Yeah, this is no Pokemon shit. <laughs> they like weigh in like a Doctor Phil intervention, which in yeah. so many ways, without being disrespectful, was so kind of prophetic about the real life of many of the people who acted. So um, <laughs> in the show. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so well, basically you can't bury stuff; it'll come back to get you. So they get all involved where they it really shouldn't have. It just, it, it, I don't, I don't think it was. I don't know. I guess in a way it was like Willow was trying to stick up for Joyce and then Xander's trying to stick up for Willow and then they all just kind of start getting nasty and then eventually it's Oz who tries to break them up and it's like, hey, guys, let's chill. Let's uh, not say something that we're going to regret. Um, I, I just, yes, agreed. <clears throat> and I think this is, you know, for three seasons, Joss Whedon, a grown-ass man, has been writing for teenagers and trying <clears throat> to get into the teenage mindset. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I really meant to say. <laughs> oh. Because, you know, the actors themselves were just teenagers. Gotcha. You know, well, in reality, they were, well, you know what I mean. No. They were still young and full of hormones, okay? <laughs> yes. Maybe not teenagers per se, but, right. you know, especially when, just because you're 21 and can drink doesn't mean that your hormones aren't more stimulated. Cordy was grown as fuck. 
Charisma Carpenter. She was, <laughs> she was about as old as Joyce. I ain't talking about her. <laughs> but, you know, but he writes in some advice just to give to teenagers, period. Right. About how you can't bury stuff. It'll come back and get you. You know, the pity parties that you're having are actually, in fact, selfish mm-hmm. and self-absorbed without understanding the consequences and pain you might be causing others. Like, right. that's what the weigh-in was of each of the actors or characters, if you will. Mm-hmm. Started with Joyce, then Xander and Willow, and, like, everybody had their piece. And Cordy. Cordy, which who, is the Cordy burn of the week. And also the best, what makes Cordy one of Buffy's best friends whether she likes it or not Cordy was the first person to ever say hello to Buffy when she came to Sunnydale True. she was also in this moment trying to stand in Buffy's shoes right. and do her best to like even though it was humanize yes. yeah, she's like oh, they, put yourself in Buffy's shoes All right, so you're like, the slayer yes. so put of course your... you're going to be attracted to a freak yes <laughs> so you know Xander's going at Buffy and she's like time out Xander put yourself in Buffy's shoes for just a minute right. okay I'm Buffy freak of nature right naturally I pick a freak for a boyfriend and then he turns into Mr. Kill spree which is pretty much my fault and Buffy's like yo Cordy get out of my shoes <laughs> yeah Buffy says Cordy get out of my shoes which was also she wasn't like mad at Cordy she's no. just like I appreciate you're trying here but get out my shoes <laughs> and it's I do I love the relationship between Buffy and Cordy I really do I think it's yeah. it's unique so um yeah so they all kind of have it out and I still don't think Anybody ever really says sorry about nope. anything? Nope. I don't think there's ever a point in this entire series that anybody apologizes. Uh, yeah, well, kind of. So the, at the very, very end, the way they drop the curtain, it starts back to the idea of Buffy needs to get in school. And it's the Snyder versus Giles scene in which Giles gives a verbal threat to Snyder and Snyder kind of blows Ripper it off. And then out. Giles gives a physical threat, does his whole or- clockwork orange ripper thing to Snyder and Giles wins. All he and does then, is like push him. It's just like. But no, it's also the eyes. Oh, but I love it. Yeah. It's it's a lot about eye control. And Snyder pees himself just a little bit. Just a tiny wee, wee bit. <laughs> he tinkles, if he you will. Tinkles. Yes. In his pants. In his pants. And then the next scene is. Is Buffy and Willow hanging out at the burger joint and they're yeah. reconciling. Yes. And the closest we get to an apology is twofold. Mm-hmm. One is Willow says to Buffy, Well, you know, I have to make allowances for your ass <laughs> and be grown up about it. Right. And Buffy's like, Oh, that was a nice backhanded kind yeah. of Yeah, you're you really liking this, right? uh, taking the high. And then they around. break into what we call in St. Louis Jonin or maybe the Joneses snaps. or Snaps or the Dozens or mm-hmm. your mother or whatever. They do this whole like, yeah. you know, back and forth where they're like, you're a witch. Well, you're a Harlot. freak. Yeah. Har- S- right. <laughs> and that is, and that is in my mind, the apology between Buffy and Willow. I guess. And that that's kind of like the modern day equivalent to cordiality is uh, cursing sure. at each other. Sure. <laughs> kind of. Witch. You know what I mean? Delinquent. I mean, if, if you're intimate enough with somebody, that is kind of the apology. I guess. I do that with my boy Hassan, you know, like yeah. we, we joan on each other and he usually wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that. So, uh, yeah. So, um, that's Dead Man's Party. So, I would also just random and I don't really expect that it should have happened, but nobody ever again brought up like, remember that time we partied at Buffy's and we got overrun by zombies. <laughs> Never. And, right. And they, they do that one thing kind of where like, Hey, yo, Buffy, uh, 
Uh, we know you're not a homecoming queen. A problem, right? Queen or yeah, like, will they give her the umbrella? Give you a participation award. Yeah, right? they give her the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, class right, right, right. Award, <laughs> the class protector award. Which like that gets me a little. That gets me in the feels. Maybe and also, time. Joyce never once again mentioned. Do you remember that time Pat got murdered? In our never, <laughs> never, <laughs> never, never. No, <laughs> Joyce. You know what, Joyce? You need to make better life decisions. I know your daughter ran away. <laughs> But keep away from those people who which, you exploit know, you for your pain. Right, which after the John Ritter robot fiasco, you would think Joyce would be a little more careful with who she let into her home. Not to say that, once again, like... What, did that happen before this? Mm, no. That was like season one. Oh, yeah. Joyce, Joyce, no. And I, and I wanted to say that Pat was the last time that Joyce ever mentioned having a friend again, but it doesn't happen again until like that last season that Joyce is there. Right, right. When she like starts dating some dude. Um, yeah, but you always kind of wonder like jo- about, you know, the character Joyce wasn't. Who is Joyce? Right. I mean, I almost feel like she had her own show. <laughs> where she used to bully people like Joni and Chachi. I, I'm also kind of like mad that she was never listed in the opening credits. Like she never got to be. She was always like a guest star. Yeah, right? she was never opening credits. But that woman was on the show for six seasons, <laughs> five yeah, or six. The actress did an amazing job, no yes, doubt. Kristen I'm not throwing Sutherland. any shade to Kristen. No, Sutherland. no, absolutely not. But I'm just in terms of the writing of her of her mom but at the same time though that's kind of the that's i, I probably i want to say that's part of the trope of a teenage story you know right. like the parents like goonies or any story yeah. where it's like child centric or youth centric where they're living under the supervision of parents is what mm-hmm. i mean to say parent is always like the bigfoot and tom and jerry or the mom, 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 yeah the peanuts or it's always somewhat abstracted no yeah i mean i wasn't really i don't what I wouldn't expect like a full flushed out character arc for Joyce or, or something like that. Something like I always really want to know more about her relationship with the dad. <sighs> yeah. Like what the fuck? Like really? Ha- like where the hell was he? What did he do for a living? How, you know, why, no idea. Why? why did the, why was he only, he only ever showed up like three times. Was I he think? really just that self-absorbed where he just had no damn time for yes. his grown ass daughter. Right. I wanted to hear that story. Like, why is he an asshole? Why is Hank Summers an asshole? Is that his name? Yes. Hank? See, I didn't even know. And I Be- love the show because <laughs> he doesn't show up when Joyce dies. Right. All right. That is the biggest fucking kick in the pants right there is that he doesn't show up when Joyce dies. Let's just take a moment to all silently say to ourselves. Fuck you, Hank. Precisely. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> if you could see me right now, Hank, the fictional character that Joyce and Joss Whedon wrote. I mean, you see how flipping you off. <laughs> so there. So, Why'd you do that? <laughs> all right. So we are It's now, all right, we'll get into like the amount of bodies dropped in this episode were quite a few, but I mean, I don't know. None of them really important. We've got, there was a vampire dusted by Buffy. There was Patches, the dead cat that became a zombie. <laughs> um, there was a group of Sunnydale citizens that become zombies. Unidentified man killed in a car accident, became a zombie. Unidentified man died of extensive burns, became a zombie. Um, Unidentified doctor killed by a zombie. Unidentified nurse killed by a zombie. Unidentified young man next snapped 
by a zombie. I think I know that dude. The fucker who answered the phone that he wasn't supposed to? Yeah, that's Him. the one. <laughs> Pat, killed by a zombie. Ovu Mobani, killed with a shovel to the eyes by Buffy. All zombies automatically destroyed with Ovu Mobani. So, um, the body count was extensive for this episode. Uh, well, yeah, anytime uh, there's zombies involved, because the zombies are bodies, and then they make more bodies. Bodies drop, bodies drop. All right, Song of the Week is Sway by Four Star Mary, which the band Four Star Mary is actually the band that is playing whenever we hear Dingo's Ate My Baby. Ate your baby. Dingo's Ate My Baby. Oz's band. Oh, okay. That's not oh, gotcha. Okay. So the band Four Star Mary is the one that's actually, as the band that's What was playing. the year this one came out? 98. 98. The year I graduated from law school. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow, wow. So the moral of this story is don't hang ancient artifacts in your home unless you've done your research. Right. I'm looking around and everything I see is made of plastic, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Great. There's no um, threat of that happening here unless we're going to be possessed by, I don't know, the spirit of Tommy Flanagan, which, sure, that's cool. Who's that guy again? Anthony Stewart, Anthony Michael Hall. That's the one. I'd like to be possessed by his spirit from, <laughs> <laughs> from weird science. <laughs> All right. So, um, guys, let us know what you thought of Dead Man's Party. This is not one of my favorite it's episodes. Dead Man's Party. Is that Oingo Boingo? Yes. I think it is. Ooh. This is not one of my favorite episodes. I usually skip over this one when I do the rewatch. It's a heavy one. It's it, This is one of those issues... Teenage issues Again it was one of those ones That makes you a loyalist To Joss Whedon But at the same time It isn't one necessarily You would go back And watch all the time Right And it's because of You know I think In in part The seriousness And the heaviness Of The material You know Runaways Come back You know The whole Parent-child conflict Culminating this was season three, so what were they, seniors, juniors? Um, season three is their seniors. Seniors. So, you know, the last part of your junior year of high school and throughout your senior year of high school is a, is a difficult time between teenager and parent, period. Biological yeah. fact. Yeah. It's called a parent-child conflict. It's an evolutionary phenomenon which promotes independence as well as um, lessening the sense of abandonment for the parent. Mm. Kind of like, you on my damn last nerve, get the hell out. Is a biological function to help protect yeah. you. I mean, I think it's all, yeah. There's like, you know, the there's the... They're, I'm sure they're fighting between the two, though. You know, the well, yeah. There's a lot of other issues involved. Yeah. In just the natural. It's already difficult to be 17, 18 years old, right. or a parent of a 17, 18 year old. Then there's these additional factors of being a vampire slayer and having run away and come back and having lost your virginity to an 800 year old man and just like you know let then me, turn let's evil. not forget that I mean they never really had to Killed hit us over the head right killed your watch's girlfriend right I mean it's so much <laughs> There's just a like, lot. Oh, we yeah. are lucky Use Buffy didn't dark, snap a no. long time ago. Right, right. I mean, and that's the thing. Again, spoiler alert is we must never forget that Buffy, in essence, is a demon. Buffy? Yeah. That's what gives her her powers. It's, it's, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Truth. 
true story. But if you pull all the layers away of the onion, right. essentially, in theory, the a center, blooming onion, the center of Buffy's blooming onion is uh, a demon. But all the other layers right. of Buffy are about friendship and you know love, which and, in turn is basically what makes her different than all the slayers uh, before because, her. Right, because her layers are deeper, right, and filled with love and friendship. So it's funny, like you mentioned um, that about you know senior year in high school turning 18 and that conflict or the all the emotions running hot in your household right i uh recently um i had a little incident i had a box of photos that got damaged by some water so i've been like see i've been pulling them apart hoping they dry out stuff like that and so like a, a among those photos i found some old photos of my 18th birthday what and um there's like, and I just recall that's not it. That's like high school graduation day. Um, Making a mess. Of but things. yeah, stop touching stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of, like, I remember that's my eighth grade graduation. Um, but one of the things that I remember about turning 18 is there was a lot, of, there were a lot of tears like on my mom's end because you know we're you know i'm growing up i'm going to be leaving or something soon, soon. it's and, that anticipation and you see that in there in this photos like you see like my eyes are red my mom's eyes are red my sister's eyes are red like we're all just looking like we just finished crying right in this photo and it's just you know with the cake in front of right. me it's just weird. With cake tears and cake <laughs> Adam's family portrait. But but yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I can't speak for anybody else's experience for uh, turning 18. But growth. Yeah, it's just a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion. You're not in pain, you're not learning anything. Right. A lot lot of confusion and turmoil, and just like, just, I mean, uh, you're already. God, I mean, turning 18 is such a big fight. Like, you're, okay, now you're you're legally leaving childhood and going across to adulthood. And then you're still like, well, what the fuck does that mean? You gotta find your own place yes, and get you rent figure together. Out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it meant for me. <laughs> All right, guys. So... Let us know what you thought of Dead Man's Party. You can send us a voice message. Uh, you can uh, call 412-385-7250 or record an MP3 file. Less than two minutes, please, and email it to revisitingsunnydale at gmail.com. We will definitely play it on the air. Why? Because none of you dudes or gals have sent a message yet. Please do so. We want to know what you're thinking. You can also tweet us. You can also leave us a message on Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you so shy? Right? Why don't Why don't you want to talk to us? So, um, yeah. So, like I mentioned, I usually skip over this episode. I also usually skip over Anne when I do the rewatch. So, season three for me starts with Faith, Hope, and Trick, which is next week. Oh yeah, that's when it gets good. Eliza Dushku coming in the house, like what? Faith is pretty awesome. She's pretty fucking badass. Like, I'm sorry, Buffy. No disrespect, but. Faith is my slayer. So. But you ain't no Willow. <laughs> she ain't no Willow. Staying true. <laughs> she, she ain't no Spike. So, yeah. Um. Also, yeah. All right. So, guys, get at us. Thank you, Dan, for helping out again. I thoroughly enjoyed our, our uh, I, I enjoyed your interpretations, your, your input, your sass, your, <laughs> your wordplay. <laughs> 
getting fresh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, so we are out this time around, and um, we'll see you next week. It's my song. <laughs> <laughs>